Welcome, take a seat, let's have a chat and see what's going on. There isn't much we can't get through with a kettle of water, a good cup of tea, and a plate of scones. If we can't get through it, we can still be full, warm, and loved. This is Kettle Tea Scones, and you can call me Ducky. I'm so glad you stopped by today. So I have a, (laughs) I don't know if you would call it, um an epiphany or what, but we'll get to that in a minute. I do have to apologize. I was actually traveling last week, and I guess I could have done my show before I left, but I wasn't quite sure that I was in a good enough of a place to do it, and I needed some time to kind of think things through. If there's anyone who actually normally listens, again, I do apologize. It was a trip that I needed to make. I went with my mom and I just, it didn't quite work out in the cards. So on this one, I may go over my normal, I guess I normally hit at like 30 minutes, but I will try to really put in some effort with this one and hopefully I won't miss any too many in the future. It just kind of seems to kind of seems to happen. So I've labeled this episode, which would I'm going to call my second episode, but it's called very far, but still close because I was traveling somewhere that is it's not necessarily too far away, but it takes me very far away and, and puts me a little too close to some things that I don't normally like to talk about. But hopefully we can talk through it. I'm realizing that it's very hard to talk about your feelings. And this is probably going to be one of those episodes I said where I don't have a lot to upbeat things necessarily to say except that I had lots of laughs with my mother during this little road trip and (laughs) I have a tendency to kind of Uh, I guess you could say I could have my own stand-up show, but it seems to only happen in certain moments with certain people. And then, of course, whenever you're trying to talk to someone new that you don't know, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, I want to hear how funny you are and everything. And I think, wow, there's lots of times I'm really funny, but whenever they really want me to do it right now, I don't have a clue because I don't know anything about them. But usually it's me making fun of myself. I did car karaoke, which was a pretty good time and everything. And of course, though, whenever you have congestion and your ears are closed and you're still trying to sound good and your mother says, man, if we could sing, we'd really make a lot of money. And my only reply is, well, I can't speak for you, but I sound pretty great. But <laughs> we all know that I really didn't sound all that great. I will say have been drinking lots of chamomile tea. Very much enjoy it. I recommend you trying Tea Pigs is the name of the company. I think they're great. That's just me. Plus, like a lot of their stuff you can get in these really cool, like the old-fashioned tins that have a little flip flip switch thing on them uh, to open the lids, whatever that Dumafachi thing is called. But they're a lot of fun. I like their tea sachets. And <laughs> my mother actually very much enjoyed the, uh, the chamomile tea. And yes, I did make it just like I told you last time where it's super scientific, 
throw that tea bag in there, a little bit of Splenda and cold water. Let it steep in the water bottle. That's all you've got to worry about. Also didn't know all of the health benefits of chamomile tea. So now I feel the need to get more chamomile tea because once good for your blood glucose, which is something I'm trying to watch, I actually wear a, uh, it's a blood, it's a continuous glucose monitor. Mine only lasts for 14 days. Uh, my dad has a Dexcom and he loves it. I actually have, it's called NutriSense. You can look it up if you want. I'm not, you know, pushing anyone's products. I'm just simply telling you what I do in my life that has made a big difference for me, has really helped with my health side of my life. Uh, that and doing beach body workouts we're doing bar blend right now which i have to say uh week five is kicking my rear end but in a good way it's a really good workout i love being able to feel like i'm not just getting that really good workout with the cardio and everything but that it does focus on those ballet moves and i like to be graceful and i like that sort of thing and we're having a really good time with it, even though we have to do the weeks multiple times because they are quite difficult. But anyways, I'm rambling some. I didn't really make a, a list of things to say this week. Well, I did. I lied. I just remembered that I did. It was going to be connection versus potential of seeing potential relationships and others. How do we connect with other people? And I guess uh, what I was going to talk about does relate to this. And, and I can fit both of them in because I told you I would make this a longer thing. But uh, this this episode was spurred on by by loss which is a hard topic whether it be the loss of a person if it's the loss of uh, something that's very valuable to you loss of a pet which is where ours come from we did we've lost several pets in the last well I guess it's been in in the last uh two two years I guess um one of them is getting very close to being a year, uh, this time of year, a year ago. And that was, I'm going to get teared up talking about all of this through this whole episode probably was really hard, which I started telling you a little more about me and, and I used to be, when I was younger, I was a very, uh, very open, emotional type of person. I still am, but with some things that happened through growing up, you know, later part of middle school, high school, college, not near what some people go through, but there, there's a certain point where everyone has their struggles and their problems, and it's not diminished by anyone else's, and it's hard to not allow that to start shaping and molding how you take things and the further I get away from those experiences the more I do feel like when I was younger and it is a lot more difficult to understand my feelings and my emotions and to know how to handle them. And the only way I know how to handle them is to try to talk about them. And it's funny because I talked to my mom and I talked to my sister and some other people. And 
you know, you can talk to these people that know you and say things, but until you start saying the words out loud to someone you don't know in the hope that what you have to say is going to make something easier for them, then you really have to start listening to yourself. Otherwise, you're just a hypocrite about it. And I really don't want to be a hypocrite. And even though maybe I've not necessarily lost the type of people or the type of pets that some people have, I am very... I am very driven by emotions. I'm very empathetic and I do feel things for people, even if I don't know them. I don't have to know people to feel things. And a lot of people have told me through my life that makes me weak. The funny thing is, is that, you know, that really important, one of the really important peoples of my life, mother, uh, she has always told me that gentleness is not a weakness, it's a strength. And just because I feel something for people and for certain things doesn't make me any less of a person. It's a strength of character to be able to carry that and then be able to keep loving past that. And I, I struggle with that, but these losses, especially the one, the the dog we had to put down last year was a very vulnerable time for all of us. We only had her, we had her for nearly exactly a year and it was, it was just really hard. Uh, she made a big impression on all of us. We all fell in love with her. And then, uh, so it's, what has it been? About a week ago, a week from this past Saturday, I get a text message that um, we had to put down um, a cat of ours, and <laughs> I, I liked to have my own nicknames for him, and he was only three, and there was... Uh, we couldn't get anyone to listen to what was going on with him. And uh, needless to say, that was pretty hard. I actually found him, and he might as well have died. I don't know how many times. He was a cat. I reckon he'd used about half his friggin' lives. Pardon my language. I said friggin'. Um, but he... He was a very special little cat, and I'm just going to tell you, he absolutely loved life, and we gave him the best three years of his life we possibly could. So my whole point of this and, and everything is I've always seen loss in a very, or I started seeing loss in a, in a really negative way. And even though we see death and loss as a negative, sometimes we can look at it in a way that allows us to give even more when we're moving forward. And I really am glad I got to take this trip with my mom, even though it was really hard uh, when we go, brings back a lot of memories and stuff that are hard for me to filter through. I'm still kind of recovering and everything, but um, 
it was nice to be able to talk to her openly about some things because we actually talk about the dog all the time that we still see her and her doing her little mannerisms and the things that she did around their property that we actually, it brought immense joy to us. I mean, at the time, it was like tearful joy in that sense of, I cannot believe that I'm getting to witness what I'm getting to witness because it is amazing. So I was talking about seeing potential relationships and others, and I and I'd wrote some questions down of how do we connect? We have to put time into reading without the cover. So when we connect with people, we did. I did talk about how we needed to tear the cover off the book and read the pages because when we interact only with the cover, then we're really not putting in an effort. We're not thinking about what's going on or who who we're really talking to because we're not putting in an effort. We're not putting in the time to get down to the nitty gritty and read those pages and see what those words are saying because sometimes that cover is not right. Sometimes it works out for the better. Sometimes it doesn't. And is a compromise okay to make the connection? Should we compromise in order to make a connection? My thing is, is are we compromising because we're scared to lose something or are we compromising because that's something that's for the better, that we realize that we're not seeing what we should see and that there is something, not so much a compromise, but a change in our judgment. That's the type of compromise I'm saying I think is okay, is whenever we're looking at something and we read those pages, we take the cover off and we go, oh, snap, you know, this wasn't the situation I thought it was, rather than having a fear of losing something. Because when you've loved something and you've lost it, you have that memory. And it's that much harder. So for me, connections are like that. I see potential everywhere in a lot of people. And that's really difficult for me. Because it's like I can sit and watch the movie play out before I've even had a conversation. Then I start having a conversation and I go, okay, well, the cover and the pages aren't the same. So the pages are telling me something completely different than the cover. This isn't something I should be doing. But there was a point where I thought I should compromise and be okay with certain things in order to make that connection because I have too high standards or, you know, people think I'm judgmental and I'm, and I'm really not. I'm actually, I'm extremely accepting. And the more I think about it, the more I go, holy crap, you know, it is a wonder that it's a wonder, you know, anything gets done in my life because I sit there and want to help everybody. And that sounds like I'm being uh, arrogant and bragging and I'm not. It's because I see the potential. And it's very, very upsetting to me when the pages don't match the cover. I get really upset about it because I'm like, man, I've really missed out on somebody who could have been really great. And it's nothing against them. It's just I don't see that the compromise is beneficial to my future enough to make that change and be okay with something that I'm not okay with. We shouldn't have to justify changing our standards for other people just because it's not acceptable, quote unquote, acceptable in society. 
So is forcing can is forcing a connection worth losing the potential and vice versa? And that's what I was saying is, should we try to force this connection just because we're scared of losing the poten- losing that potential? Or, you know, are we forcing a potential connection just because? I mean, there's a lot of ways we can look at it, but it comes down to, you know, does the cover match the pages? And are we sacrificing our morals and our standards for a compromise? Or are we simply realizing that the pages look better than the cover did and that it's okay for us to keep assessing and reassessing and see where that potential leads? That's simply simply all I'm saying. And it is hard. I'm not saying it's not. I wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't hard because it's something that I struggle with very, very much. And, And I hate to have to admit I struggle with it, but I do. So there's a good and bad for everything. And we talked about changing our perspective to see something better. And I think whenever, or what I'm really trying to say when I when I talk about see if the pages match the covers, I'm saying change your perspective. When I talk about that compromise or reassessment, then that's when I'm saying our perception can change, that we can learn something new and that can give us the ability to realize our perception of that person maybe wasn't right the whole time. But because we changed our perspective, we put in the work, we put in the time, then we can see what's going on. And there is a world of potential. We can't lose ourselves for the sake of a connection if that connection takes us away from our own potential. Excuse me. So we can't justify losing ourselves because we're scared of losing something that we don't even know what is going to be in the future. And and there's no loss in something that's harmful to us. I'm going to repeat this. There is no loss in something that is harmful to us. That is also another hard lesson that I've learned. If it's doing harm to you, you're not losing anything. It's simply you perceiving that you've done something wrong in order to not keep that thing that you thought you wanted. But when we are accountable to understanding what we're seeing, if we're reading the pages, if we're taking a new perspective and that cover and those pages still don't match and it's for the worse, we're not losing anything and it's okay. It is okay because that potential is no longer there. I'm sorry about the dog in the background. It's only lost for those who didn't see where the potential could lead. So do we feel lost when people move on in or out of our lives? And we do. I think we do. When when someone comes into our life that we make a connection with, but maybe they don't need us as long as we want to have them, we do feel a loss because we think that maybe they're never going to come back rather than giving them the space and the time to see where they're going and where it's going to lead. And we have to look at what's the source of our of our longing for that loss. And and where are they headed? Did we send them on in a better what's the word? In a better environment mentality than when they came to us? And did we present ourselves to only be temporary because sometimes when people come into our lives we do present ourselves as a temporary thing and it's okay to be temporary but we have to be okay with knowing that we 
we gave it what we could and we're happy that that stone got thrown in the pond and that that ripple is going to continue making a difference. And there's a lot of great people out in the world. You know, we want to talk about the world's going to pot and everything, but there are a lot of awesome, awesome people out there. And I think that society focuses sometimes on their not being that when we meet someone good it that makes it that much harder for us to let go of that potential because we're scared we're not going to see it again but also it's hard work I mean come on y'all it is hard work this is something I talked about with with uh the mummy and I said you know no offense but to be reliable is hard work Like, you really got to work at it because for you to be a person that is reliable to someone, you have to be willing to sacrifice. And that's something I think that's hard for us is whenever we see a potential and we make a connection, we're giving a part of ourselves because we want to be reliable. We want to be that good connection for this person. And then when they leave, we always see it as we've given something and we've lost it. It got took away rather than saying, okay, what did they give me in return? We can see loss whenever we have a bad relationship and we do give a lot and they take something away. But also we can't always look at it as we're giving things away or we're having things taken away because there's another there's another view we can look at it of what have we gained? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what have we gained? So we've we've ripped the cover off and we've read these pages. Oh my gosh, we got to read the pages of this person. And, you know, sometimes we learn things about ourselves along the way. But sometimes when we really put an effort into someone, they're giving us just as much in return. We just don't realize it and we forget where to look. So we need to be open to the fact that we're receiving as much as we're giving. That's what that's a lot of what makes it worthwhile. And overall, our touch on others' lives may be fleeting, but we should give as others need. Some just need us longer and some may just become so intertwined that they are either here and body or spirit the connection is always there on our side but we have to see one small action carries we don't have to see it we have to realize that that one small action is going to carry forward even if we don't see it and sometimes they are so intertwined we don't see it and it's kind of funny that I didn't realize how much I wrote I wrote what I was just talking about at church it's been what has it been, two weeks ago? Well, no, it's been a week since this past hour because I wrote it Sunday after I found out about the cat. And um, it's funny because obviously we talked about it on our trip and it leads right into it. But uh, I see a, I see the potential connection with people where we went on our trip. And it's really hard for me because it's a connection I've always wanted. It's a potential that's been there, but or was there, but that potential has not been there for a very, very long time. And that was really hard for me to come to terms with. And I say I don't understand a lot because, and this is going to sound kind of silly probably to some of you, but it's because I do read. I do understand many things. I don't understand when 
it seems plain as day and yet other people can't seem to get it. I don't understand sometimes where I stand in certain circles because I don't understand how they think that they know me because they don't know me because they don't take the time to see who I am and to understand what it is that makes me who I am. You know, I have... I have two very loving, very compassionate, passionate, empathetic, and understanding parents, and I literally think the absolute world of them. And when I was younger, it's like I was kind of turned against them, and that I feel that loss. That is a loss for me because I missed out on... It feels like I've missed out on 20 years of time with my parents that I'm never going to get back. And that is very upsetting to me. I turn, well, (laughs) I'm only going to be 31 for a little longer. And I do joke about taking 10 years off my life and being 21. But you know what? That's because I want to take 10 years and I want to spend it with my parents and I want to spend it with my siblings. I may not talk to my Uh, brother as much as I want, but you know, he's still my brother. And we did go through a lot. I love him very dearly. And you know, even if we don't necessarily like each other, timeless people, you can love somebody, but you don't have to like them. Even if we don't always like each other, I know I can call him, he'll show up. My little sister, she's like a little, she's a gem. Oh my gosh, you would love her. But the thing is, is I could call her and I do talk to her and try to have that relationship with her. And oh my gosh, my dog is so freaking loud. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. She had to eat and drink. And I am doing this at nearly eight o'clock at night, Eastern time, which tells you, you know, obviously I'm in the South and on the East Coast. But I feel a loss when I go. And interesting enough, I uh, had to think about some people that I lost when I was younger. And one of them that sticks out to me a lot is um, someone that I knew in elementary school. And, you know, the only reason I want to talk about this is because I'm 31. And this was elementary school. I mean, this has been, what are you, like seven? So this has been 23, 24. Five years ago or whatever because I can't do math obviously I think it was like 23 22 or 23 years ago and it's really it's not funny and I can't actually now I can't remember if it was kindergarten or not I just know it was elementary school but anyways I'm digressing so the funny thing is is I remember exactly what she looked like and I I know her name by heart And I still remember being that young and understanding how big of an impact and how big of a, what felt like a hole in my heart and not understanding why she wasn't going to be there for forever. So... This person was, so it's what, kindergarten, first, second grade. And she was in second grade, if I'm not mistaken. And oh my gosh, she looked at me like I had hung the moon. 
And I remember because uh, mom had to work and she would get off and come pick pick me up. And I would be sitting in the cafeteria and it's not like I had all these friends and stuff, but she always made sure I was good. Like she would come in and check on me and stuff. And I mean, she was in the second grade. Oh my gosh. And it's like, when I think about it, she was always there. It wasn't like she was ever not there in my memory. And I have to say, in in the last 23 years, I mean, there's not really a year that's gone by that I haven't thought about her. Because I was in that cafeteria and it's like I could see her there, but she wasn't there. And I just, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why she, like I said, like, why is she not going to be here for forever? Because when she was alive, it's like she was meant to always be my friend, that she was always going to be there. It was never a doubt in my mind. And even at that age, I honestly, um, my mom went to the visitation to the funeral home, and it was, uh, I remember being at my grandparents' house, and I didn't know why I wasn't allowed to go and everything, which was pretty hard for me, and mom come home, mom come home and, um, told me that she wasn't going to be there anymore, And I won't lie to you, that was, uh, that was a really, really hard conversation for my mother to have to have with me because even at that age, I knew what loss was and I did feel it very, gosh, I don't even know how to explain. You know, some people talk about it's like down on a cellular level, but I mean, down on a cellular level, people. And my grandfather passed away when I was in kindergarten. Granted, I wasn't that close to him and everything, but not as close as her. But it's like because those things had happened, especially with her that I was very much aware of what loss was going to be. And I didn't like it because it's like it was with me all the time and I just felt it. And I have to say, until recently, I've, I've really not felt that way. But at the same time, talking to my mom, and I'm going to get into what conversation we had, I... <laughs> Funny enough is I'm kind of wondering if uh, she's been gone this whole time or not. 
So as, as I've said before, you know, I wrote this stuff at church. I go to church on Sundays and stuff. I am religious, but hey, guess what? I talk to non-religious people all the time. I can have a conversation with you. I want to have a nice conversation with people. And I don't want you to think that I'm pushing religion on you because I'm not necessarily. But I'm going to say that I do think it helps me with loss now that I've talked about it and everything. And I'm sorry I got so emotional with y'all, but I think it's necessary. And I was reminded with our recent, with the, with our cat and everything and this trip that we took because it was, you know, to the town that she's buried in and where I grew up and everything. So I guess you say I, I went home, everybody. Um, but I was talking to my mom And I have my dog as, you know, I rudely interrupted her a minute ago playing with her ball. This is the first dog that I've ever had on my own. She is mine. I absolutely adore her. I think that she she has been as good for me as I've been for her. And she needed someone to love her. And, you know, it's not a human animal or an owner pet relationship we cohabitate it is a mutually beneficial relationship and sometimes people kind of people my age actually judge me because they're like well you know you can spend time with other people besides your dog and you know what? I, I don't feel like I gave her when I needed to when I first had her. And she just turned 10. I've had her for eight years. And I, th- and I think that part of that 10-year time I told you I'm trying to relive with my parents and my family, I'm trying to do with my dog as well because she deserves it. But also, she gives me so much that I didn't realize I was getting. And in return, whenever I treat her the way I want to, it's it's an amazing feeling to see what loving something can do because I'm just going to tell you me doting on my dog is an instantaneous reaction on her she is a very reactive uh, being with me especially with me she's very reactive and to see that mirrored to yourself twofold is insane and amazing at the same time. But I told my mom that I I will be devastated when she's gone because let's face it, she's 10. Even though she only weighs like 40 pounds and my gosh, people, I am desperately trying to figure out if I can cryogenically freeze her. But... I wouldn't do that for all of you PETA animal peoples. I'm better than that. Um, I would keep her alive forever if I could. But, you know, I get to thinking about it, about loss. Losing people, losing pets. Because to me, one of the things about people is they're on the same level as us. We can have a conversation with them. We can talk to them. We know what they're feeling because they tell us what they're feeling. We get to have a literal, on the same level, human connection with another human being. That loss is a give and take of understanding 
and equality. However, a pet, an animal, they're not able to tell us in English. They're not able to be on our level. And we're putting them at the mercy of our whims and our schedules. They don't have a choice, technically. So to put in love, understanding, compassion, empathy, to pour the same amount of interaction into an animal, into your pet, your best friend, your whatever you want to call them, and then to lose them without knowing if you did the right thing, without knowing if you did enough. Did I make them suffer? Did I keep them alive too long? That kind of loss? That's that's loving something with the faith that they're going to love you back and never being able to be told through words the way we technically understand. But to have faith we did everything we could, that type of loss, that's hard. That's a lot. It's not that one's bigger than the other. It's that they're different. It's that we allow ourselves to have a capacity for that type of interaction, for that type of love, and for that type of, oh my gosh, potential and connection. You know, you can look at all of these animals in in an animal shelter. There's so much potential. Oh my gosh, all the potential because everyone wants a home. Everyone wants to be loved. It's no different than people. It really isn't. It's no different than people. It's just that we have to work harder sometimes or we think we have to work harder in order to make a connection but really are we having to because I know with my dog she doesn't speak English maybe yours does mine doesn't speak English. maybe she speaks a different language like German or something but I've tried it didn't work but I've had to put the effort into getting to know my dog of knowing what her tics are what her triggers are. She has triggers, unfortunately, and it it upsets me beyond belief. But I've had to put time and effort into getting to know what type of animal my dog is, what type of animal any dog that we pick up, or the cat. I have five cats. Oh my gosh, people. And I have to know what each and every single one of their personalities are. We have horses. I try to learn what each and every one of their personalities are because we have one horse that's such a butt. Nobody wanted to touch her. And then we tried to get to know her. And guess what? She's like my buddy now. And I miss her because she boards somewhere else. But then we've got some that I don't even have to talk. You just literally can go out there and throw your arms around them and they're perfect. So that's the thing is we always talk about like the potential and the connection with people and oh my gosh and that dogs are going to love you regardless but seriously if we would put in the time and effort with people that we put in with our animals the potentials and the connections we would probably see more potentials and make more connections because it's really no different which doesn't make the loss any different. Like I said, one's not bigger than the other. It's simply how you view 
what your connection you've made and what you view you've lost in terms of potential. But have you really? Because like I said, I am religious and everything. And and I asked my mom, is it blasphemous for me to say that I feel like the world has energy. God has created the world and he blankets the earth in this energy. And even, and we talk about the Holy Ghost and stuff. Bear with me, people. I know if you're not religious, please bear with me. So for us, it's a, in the sense of Holy Ghost. So it's having a guardian angel, if you will. So let's say that the earth is wrapped in this energy and it's like its own little network of guardian angels. It's this big blanket. For us, it's the Holy Ghost. So God's enveloped the earth in the Holy Ghost. Well, we each have our own Holy Ghost. So we, mine doesn't look the same as my mom's or it doesn't look the same as my best friend's. But it's an energy that we put out. Okay, why are animals any different? God created animals. Why would animals not have their own energy? So if we pour into these potentials and these connections, let's say these animals and these people, we pour in all of this energy into them. Well, are we losing that energy or does that energy go into the world and I can tap into it? So if I'm open to allowing my Holy Ghost to grow and to have a capacity for love and connection with all these different entities, we'll call them entities, that have been in my life, then who is to say that whenever I think about them and I put that love out again, that I don't get to see them again? Because I'm just going to tell you, I feel like I have seen people that are no longer here before. I feel like I have seen pets that are no longer here before. So who's to say that this energy isn't within this whole blanket around the earth? And even though our souls go somewhere else, for us it's heaven or, or you know, the hot place. But if they go to heaven and everything, well, that's the soul. There was a mortal body and we gave it lots and lots of love. But even the soul, how can we say maybe it's not interconnected, that we're giving energy? Because when you think about it, and it's this sense of people will talk about um, prayer, that prayer can accomplish great things, that prayer can move mountains. Okay, well, I'm just as scientific as I am religious a lot of times. I'm just going to tell you, I have a chemistry degree. I was one one shy of a minor of anthropology. I'm not, not science-minded, but I know that there is science in the religious. So prayer is goodwill. And if we have a Holy Ghost or this energy, let's say we have this energy because we've proven scientifically, we have proven people have energy. They're made up of energy. When you get enough people moving in the same direction with goodwill, and let's face it, even with negativity, 
That's how wars start. That's how people can overthrow different parts of the world. We take an energy and it's that that age old wisdom of which do you feed the good or the bad? Whichever one you feed the most is the one that's going to prevail. If we feed the good and the good energy and a lot of people and a lot for a lot of people, sorry, I'm stuttering for a lot of people. That's prayer. We can move mountains, but let's think about it. We're shifting the energy. We're not just shifting the energy of ourselves. We're not just shifting the energy of the person beside us, but there's this whole interconnected system all around the world of energy. And when you get enough people moving in the same direction, how can you deny that there's a change, that there is a shift? We've proven that the Earth's magnetic pull is different and that the Earth is continually changing now and it is a lot of the energy and stuff it's what we're putting into the environment if we feed the good or we feed the bad whichever one we feed the most will prevail in times of war if we feed the negative it will prevail so here's my thing we look at loss as a negative thing If we set and we think of loss as a negative thing, we're feeding the negative energy. We're literally closing off that Holy Ghost, that energy shield, that that connection we have to the earth, however you want to look at it. Because for me, it doesn't matter. What matters for me is the point. We have energy. If we feed the negative and that's all the bad, only the bad is what we see with a loss that them no longer being there, be it a pet or be it a person, is negative, then all we're doing is we're shutting off our capacity and we're feeding the negative. It's just going to shrink back in on us. However, if we look at it in the sense of how much good can I put in the world after my dog is gone, I want to foster, I want to adopt, I want to give as many, as many animals as I can a good home, be it a senior that needs a a final home to rest peacefully and that be the last home they ever see, but by George, it's going to be a good one. Or if I have one for another 12 to 15 years, I want to put as much good energy out in the world because I want to see them again. I want to know that I fed into this animal or into this person. I want to make, I want to see potentials. I want to positively see potentials. I want to make connections so that I can put good energy into that connection to make it grow. And I want to make more positive energy in the world. I want my Holy Ghost to have the hugest capacity for love. I want it to be a capacity of positive that I can tap into no matter where I'm at. Because when I think about it, my friend from elementary school was such a positive and all I know is good that I can't think about her, that I do see her. And sometimes I do feel like she's making sure that I'm okay. And as hard as it is to turn around and her physically not be there anymore and to realize that I've had a lifetime without her when I thought I would have a lifetime with her 
There was so much good that how can you feel alone when there was that much good and that much capacity to love? And I feel really, what's the word? Guilt, not guilty, but I, I'm very disappointed in myself that I've wasted time in not allowing that capacity to grow because people said it was weak. And over the last couple years, well, I've been working on it for a while, but over the last couple years, I really realized how much of a capacity I still have. And I'm very thankful for that. And I'm still working on it and allowing myself to to grow in that capacity to get back to where I was because I want to put that good out there. I want to believe that they're not gone. I don't want to see loss as being gone. I don't want it to be a finality. I want it to be that I put in as much good as I could and I made that light shine brighter. That's how I see it, is I made a light that shines so bright that even when they're physically no longer here, that light continues to shine no matter what because I can tap into that light and that's what I draw on when I'm sad. That's what I draw on the next time I love some someone or some animal or something is I, lo- I can love that. It's going to make those lights from my past even brighter. But when I have a really dark day, that light's still there. And I know, I know that even though it's a dark day, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And be that whether you believe it's just the energy of the earth or you believe in being interconnected. And I do think we're connected with our ancestors and it allows us to tap into some energies because I think those are our guardian angels that for me in the religious sense, God allows us to to have those people look over us, but that Holy Ghost is always with us. And part of having your Holy Ghost and part of having capacity for that sort of thing is you feed the positive, you feed the light so that the light never leaves you. And I think a lot of that light is those that that are no longer with us. So loss doesn't have to be negative all the time. We don't have to feed we don't have to feed the darkness. It's easy to feed the darkness. It's harder to feed the light. It's harder to sit there and take a different perspective and to change your perception of how you see loss. And that's been hard for me. But you know what? It makes it that much easier for me when I do lose someone or lose a pet or lose something because in that sense... I know that they're always going to be there. A piece of them is going to be there. And because I allowed a light to shine and I nurtured a light because I did that, then I get to see that many more lights come from it. And I get to, to experience those feelings again that many more times. And I asked my mom, I said, so do you think it's harder for someone who loves easily and to continuously lose or is it eat or is it is it harder for some is it harder for someone who who has a capacity for love and continuously loses or someone who's only loved very very few 
and had lost once. It's hard to think about. Can you, in one love, have a capacity for the amount of loss of someone who can love continuously and always be losing those loves? Okay, well, like I just said, it's not one is greater than the other. It may simply be that that person who has loved so intensely just a few times and lost is harder for them to feed the positive but when you love so openly and you can see a light from each love that you have from each potential where we don't have to say love but each potential for someone who has that many potentials and to lose that much if all they see it is that a light is always growing and they always have a piece of those different potentials those different connections then how much richer and more are they gaining in their life and how are they surrounding themselves with all of this energy than those who struggle with that perspective and that perception change and that's where I want to help some people who it is harder because I've known people who who it's easy for them to love and get back up again but I've known the people who it's really hard for them to get back up again. And I want them to know. I want you I want you to know how much I care. That I do know it's hard. And it, it it's a lot of work, y'all. And these are not fun conversations to have. And I I know that it is very easy to step into, in your head, to step into that dark room and to close the door with no lights whatsoever and to sit there and think that you are so alone and it hurts so bad. But sometimes we have to cry and remember. So we have to think about them and cry a little bit sometimes in order for that light to get turned on. And as hard as it is to sit there and cry, as hard as it is to remember, sometimes it makes that really dark room that that less lonelier when that light comes on. And I know it's hard to think about a perspective where we have to hurt a little to be happy. That we have to hurt a little to not feel in such a hole and to feel so deep, dark inside. But that's okay. It's okay to cry. I cried today. I did. Talking to you about this, I've tried. I know you can hear the emotion in my voice. And really in my heart, I've bawled my eyes out, if I'm just being totally honest. Um, It's not easy, but I hope you realize that I do understand. But... Try, try to feed the light. Try to, try to feed that energy, that positive energy, all that good. Because there's so much more good, so many more potentials and connections out there that even if we have to put in a little extra work to read those pages to get to know the, the wealth that we get back, that amount of love and everything, it is worth it. And, and it is connected because my lights are going to connect with your lights. It's going to connect with someone else's light. 
And we are going into the holidays. And I think that during the Christmas time, whenever people say peace and goodwill to man, that everyone, that's why Christmas seems so magical is because of the goodwill. Everyone takes a breath and despite all the bad, all the bad of the year, we put all this good into this single time of year and people say that Christmas is magical, that it just, it feels different. Oh my gosh, people, why does it feel different? Because we're all flooding the earth with all this good energy, with all this goodwill. My Holy Ghost is holding the hand of your Holy Ghost. Your energy is touching this energy and we are spreading it like wildfire. When we have a mass of people all in unison with goodwill, feeding the light, we can move mountains. I mean, I have to say for me, it's because God made it that way. But for those of you who don't, who aren't religious, don't believe in God, I I hope you believe in that good energy. If we feed the earth what the earth needs, then it'll give us back what we need. And I, and I believe that that's what this potential and this connection and this loss is, is the earth is sad. It's losing things because we're not giving it what it needs or we're not giving people what they need and they feel a loss. So loss doesn't have to be finality. Loss doesn't have to be a hole you can't get out of. It doesn't have to be a black cloud. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. I mean, I hate to be dramatic, but what I'm saying is, is it feels that way, but it doesn't have to be. So I really hope this helps. I hope maybe you do have a little different perspective that you can gain a new, have a new perception of, of loss and everything. And I hope that I can feed my light and put as much love as possible. And I I am trying to feed light into each and every one of you because I want you to, to be able to grow and feed your light and for you to be able to know that those that are no longer with you are really here. And that sometimes we have to hurt a little to realize that and that it's okay. It's okay to be sad. And it's okay to to have to think about it and have to talk about it. And I'm working on it. I am. I'm talking to y'all about it so that I'm not a hypocrite. So anyways, I hope that this has helped. And even if it just helps one person, then that's okay with me. I'm fine with that. But it's okay also to cry. Um, as I've said before, you can email me at kettletscones at outlook.com. If you have any questions or concerns or you just want to have a conversation about it more or something you want me to ramble on about that no one may ever listen to. But this was a needed conversation, I do believe, and it has brought some clarity for me on some things and if you didn't get anything from it then hopefully you had you a nice cup of tea and you ate you scones or something yummy and delicious but that you are leaving fulfilled 
you have warm fuzzies and you know that there's one person that loves you even if I don't know you because I don't need to know you to know that some people need love and they need that connection and I'm okay to be that connection so stay safe everyone please stay safe it's holiday week it's a holiday week uh travel as best you can i will be updating next week i hope you enjoyed this chat i know it was a heavy chat and everything i'll try to bring some humor to it next week and i'm really excited to keep going on this journey and learning more about myself and hopefully you are too so it is almost 8 30 at night so i'm gonna say good night but good morning have a great day life is wonderful and everyone take care until next time